Welcome, buds. You're listening to Let's Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll cameras and roll joints and curate a pairing experience both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. Ah, buds, it's the final episode of our alt-holidays titles. It's the final episode of season two. We're closing up shop for a little bit, uh, but it's been it's been super exciting to get back into it. We had a little bit of a hiatus this summer. We're taking another hiatus right now to uh, uh, just restructure some things, uh, do some rethinking, rejigging, and come back with an even cooler season three. It's going to be so awesome. Thank you so much. For listening, if you've listened, if this is your first episode, uh, thank you for listening to this one. If you've listened to all of them or a few of them along the way, uh, we just we really appreciate it. Here, we know there's a lot of content out there. We know that there's a lot of podcasts to consume. I'm I'm getting swamped by all the uh, uh, holiday episodes of stuff that I'm trying to get through. So I, I get that it's a commitment, and uh, we we just I want to tell you that I appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Uh, but tell you what, we're not going on hiatus yet. It's just the start of the episode. And this is a really good episode. I'm very excited about this one. Um, this is uh, a guest that I've been wanting to have on for a while. This is uh, one of my favorite alt holidays movies that I like to watch. And uh, it's a really great strain. I'm very excited about it. We're doing Natural History's L.A. Kush Cake which is an indica-dominant hybrid. Uh, it's across a wedding cake and kush mints. Uh, Natural History is owned by Atlas Biotechnologies and Atlas Growers LTD, which is stationed out of Edmonton, Alberta. It's, uh, yeah, it's really great flower. I had a great time on it, and I, I got to have a really great conversation about it because we paired it up with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I don't know if y'all ever saw this movie. This was 2005. It didn't do great in the box office, uh, but it did. It did gangbusters on home video. People discovered it later and and uh, uh, love it. And I'm one of those people. I didn't see it in the theater, but I love it all the more for having discovered it at home. Uh, yeah, 2005. It's a comedy crime mystery. So says IMDb. It's an hour and 43 minutes long. It's rated R by the MPAA and 14A by the MPAC which is the Canadian one. I don't know. I'm actually kind of making that up. I should look that up. I've tried. I've tried. Okay. Hold on a second. Before we go on, do you all remember, maybe you're not as old as me, but maybe you do remember this, when uh, MPAA ratings were the rating system that we all used, and then the Canadian rating system came out in like the late 90s, I think, I want to say. Maybe the mid-90s? I don't know. But suddenly, there were different ratings or whatever. I can't find the company that does that. Like, what is their name? What is their website? I don't know who the Canadian body that is in charge of rating things is. Do you have information? Reach out. Let's Bogart at gmail.com. Uh, it, this movie was... Uh, got an 86% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and Metacritic gave it a 72. 
stars Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. and Michelle Monaghan, amongst others. It was written and directed the directorial debut of Hollywood writer Shane Black. I am so stoked to get to talk about this uh, with an, a really incredible guest. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation. Daniel, tell us about who we've got on the co- podcast today. All right, my next guest is an actor, musician, and professional photographer with a BFA in music theater from University of Windsor. He has worked in theaters across Canada, including major roles in Stratford and Soulpepper. You may also recognize him from such films and shows as C for Apple TV, V Wars for Netflix, Private Eyes for Global, and Made in Canada for the Comedy Network. He plays piano, guitar, and he is proficient in horseback riding, both Eastern and Western style. He can juggle, which is good because it is no easy feat to juggle an acting career, a successful photography studio, and a family in Toronto, Ontario. Please welcome to the show my talented and sweet friend, Jonathan Alul. Johnny, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Oh, Daniel, the honor is mine. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for that intro. That was awesome. (laughs) So, my friend, this is a uh, this is a a cannabis show. So the thing that I love asking people uh, about is what do you remember about the very first time you ever tried cannabis? (laughs) Okay, that's that's awesome. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever shared this well, among the, the people that were there. Uh, so, so go back. So I'm maybe 17, Got 18. It. Yeah. Uh, and my best friend uh, had a job uh, in a retail pet store in the mall. Uh, and on the weekends, he would have to go to both locations feed the animals uh it was there was no sunday shopping sure. uh, so this is how far back we're going in ontario uh stores were st- i don't know what time in the 80s that that they started opening retail stores on sundays so it was a sunday and uh he had to go feed the the puppies and the kittens and the fish and this particular and I, sometimes i'd go with him and uh this one day his boss had left uh two joints in the cash register for him a little gift that's you know, a good enjoy. boss man jesus yeah and he said i've never smoked one of these have you ever smoked one i was like no i never i never, I never tried it. Well, well we're gonna try it today so we smoked one of them i think we smoked maybe three quarters of it and we coughed and hacked and, and then we got worried about the puppies and should we do this in here oh my god and and they were looking at each other and like, it's not, I, I, it's made me cough a lot, but I, it's, not, it's not doing anything. And, and looking back, the way it hit me, it, uh, I, I even doubt whether it was marijuana. I think it was hash and tobacco. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just based on, no, it was my first time, so it didn't matter. It, it was, it was, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we were looking at, ah, not nothing, nothing, not, I don't know. That just tasted terrible. Look, <laughs> we locked up the store. And he says, uh, "You want to go to Ruben and Wong's, the restaurant, and have a have a bite to eat?" Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. So we're two of us walking through the empty mall to the staff entrance of the restaurant, and he's like, "I, I can't feel my legs." I, realized, I said, my, "Yeah, my left leg just went." I kind of I don't know what's going on, and then we started giggling and giggling and giggling. 
it got to the restaurant and they they seated us. It was Ruben and Wong. So the, the menu was so 80s. It was Chinese food and Jewish deli. Ruben and Wong. <laughs> Perfect combination. Awesome. <laughs> we had these big wing-backed wicker chairs and, the, and a brass rail that kind of went around the seating area. He sat us down and they gave us a menu. And it was like, it was looking at like all the pages of Google. It was like, oh my God, it was swimming in words and everything looked delicious. <laughs> it was like a three page menu of, of salads. And we ordered French fries and wings and he could not move his head away from this brass rail. He just kept going like this. <laughs> Just rested against it. It'd be like, it's cold. It's cold. (laughs) (laughs) Then we got paranoid. It's like the waitress knows. Yeah. The waitress knows. (laughs) And and like an an ambulance went went like down Fanshawe Park. We're like, oh my God, they found my God, they're coming. (laughs) (laughs) We're in so much trouble. Pay the bill. We're in so much trouble. His boss gave it to us, man. It wasn't <laughs> us, man. I thought it was tobacco. <laughs> and then, still too nervous to, uh, certainly too nervous to drive, we went back to the pet store. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs were much more on our level. Much more on our level. <laughs> we each got a dog bed, a big one. <laughs> we lay down and crashed for two hours. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Honestly, there's not much that I can think of that would be cooler than hanging out and having a weed nap with a bunch of dogs and shit around. I think that's fucking idyllic. That's incredible. I love that. <laughs> so after that moment, did you, was there uh a break in between that time and the time that you tried it next or or were you like oh this is something i gotta do more often oh yeah no there was a break no i was i was riddled with with (laughs) what was that nobody can ever know i was (laughs) i gotta go to school tomorrow (laughs) how will i ever face these dogs again (laughs) no it probably would have been Several months later, yeah, and hanging out with some older friends who I trusted and were cool, and I think I think when the next time that I remember would have been going to see a movie with a buddy, and we split a joint, and then just getting up to the popcorn counter and thinking, "Oh my God, this lady with the plastic bow tie knows I'm lying." <laughs> <laughs> oh, small popcorn. And a chocolate bar? Yeah. And a liquor. <laughs> oh, and just one more thing. Can I... Uh... <laughs> Do you remember what movie it was you saw? I, I don't, and I don't remember a thing about it. I don't... I, don't, <laughs> I think it came out. <laughs> Certainly not able to piece any plot of it together, but you're probably being fascinated by some aspect of the lighting. <laughs> the colors are great. <laughs> I love how happy they all look. <laughs> I'll tell you, I remember I remember being in college and getting super duper high 
and then walking to the Cineplex with my buddy. And my buddy grew up in the town that we were in school in. So I was high out of my mind, but no one recognized me. I could basically sort of maneuver around. But every time... We would go stand in line, he and he would have a lot more trouble like trying to appear sober than I did. So he was just like nervous and okay, all you gotta do is ask for a ticket to the Wolfman once we get up there. We just gotta ask for a ticket to the Wolfman. And suddenly they'd be like, James? And it'd be his like drama teacher from when he was in grade eight. And suddenly he now has to have a conversation. How are you doing? I hear you're in music theater college. Like, yeah, yeah, this is my buddy Daniel. I'm like, this is really ruining my buzz, man. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> we gotta get him to see the wolf man, man. <laughs> we gotta get him to see the I just want two tickets for the wolf man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He, there was a comedian I saw who was talking about he, he gets in line, all of his friends are high, they all get their tickets, and he gets up to the front and forgets how to do everything because he's high. And the person looks at him and says, can I have your number? And he says, I'm not gay. And the guy is like, no, can I have your number is the name of the movie that your three friends bought tickets to. And he's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I think it's a I think it's a regular situation for stoners finding themselves in trying to do the the like the transactional phase of any kind of customer service front facing yes. thing. Just really difficult to maneuver through. It's so complex. It is. When- and it seems so easy when you're sober. You just do it. It just it, it, no so thought at all. <laughs> <laughs> so much nuance. <laughs> oh man, I can't. That's so good. How do you um um uh? There was a transitional phase where uh like the the legalization of cannabis has now taken over. It's since 2019. We've or 2016. Sorry, we've had this. 2017? What, what, what year was it? 2017. 17. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are still like buying from the, the gray market and their dealers or whatever. Like, do you mostly buy from, from that still? Or have you transitioned to going into retailers mostly now? I have fully transitioned to yeah. going to retailers. Yeah. Do you uh, have a favorite retailer? Um, I have a... a I have a, let me say a handful of, that I like to support. Sure. Let's put it that way. Um, I recently just discovered Value Buds. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. And I really can't find a reason not to go there. They're, the staff is so knowledgeable. And, you know, um, generally, uh, what I'm getting these days is, is shred. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a Narbury strain, uh, a Pineapple Express. Uh, Tropic Thunder. Uh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Um, Funk Master. Yes. I haven't tried that one yet, but I'm, I'm finding for for the way I I enjoy it, it's um, it's convenient. Yeah. It's it's I don't it's it's potent enough and it's consistent. Um, I don't need a lot. I don't need to smoke 
a whole joint. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, just sometimes just a couple, couple, uh, just a couple. Yeah, a couple of hoots off my pipe, and I'm, and I'm and I'm great. And um, if there's more, every now and then I'll I'll, I'll splurge on uh, on some um, pre rolls if sure. I want to taste different strains. I want to try some stuff. Uh, but before that, I I was probably getting like three and a half ounce flowers uh, from either K Spot. Uh-huh. Which is which is down on Queen, mm-hmm. um, and I just love the staff there. It just feels like uh, they they're they're a team. Yeah, uh, and uh, and I just like <clears throat> I just like the setup. It feels like one of my buddy's basements where when I was growing up. They got Star Wars posters on the walls. There's VHS movies playing all the time. <laughs> uh, a lot of hockey paraphernalia. NHL and Ghostbusters, it's all <laughs> just kind of out there. That's awesome. And they always throw a handful of candy in your bag as you leave. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Um, and then just for out of closeness, it was Canvas. Canvas on Danforth was the closest one. Mm-hmm. But but now there's probably 10 between my place and there. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I could go to. So, it, again, if, if I got a choice, I might kind of go and... Uh, but I discovered a lot of places trying to hunt down uh, this uh, natural history strain. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I, I got acquainted with a couple of Dutch love uh, retailers um, uh, that you sent me an address of a place on Danforth. Yeah. Uh, Fire. Fire and Flower. Fire and Flowers. Yeah. 659 Danforth. And had an awesome conversation with a guy there. Oh, uh, Scott, he, he says, yeah, it's on our website. He says, but we ordered it, but uh, it, it didn't come in. And it's, oh, it may be coming shit. in later in the week, so that's why it's still up there. But I was like, oh, but that's all right. I, and he like had all great other suggestions. Mm-hmm. And I, so I said, I shared, I'm actually looking for this specific strain so I can test it for this. He says, oh, what's the podcast? So I want to give it, he says, well, I'm listening. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be checking out Les Bogart. He <laughs> thought the podcast sounded awesome. Oh, I said, yeah, I said, there's a great, it's, uh, so shout out to Scott at, at uh, Fire and Flower. At Fire and Flower. I hope you're listening, Scott. Get you on the program <laughs> at some point. <laughs> well, we, we laughed because he said, like, he said, you know, there was a time you just bought weed. Yeah. And yeah, now yeah, people I are coming in. I have a very specific LP. I've already got the strain, but from Top Leaf, it's not the right one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. There's the the, the amount of um, um, uh, connoisseur-ness <laughs> amongst <laughs> people, just the people, because you, you have access to it. You have access to information. You have access to where it comes from. Like, uh, there's you didn't get all of that information necessarily on the gray market, although the gray market has some amazing things. Like, they have edibles that uh, don't have to stick to the 10 milligram cap. And, uh, you know, you can get uh, flour that's a bit fresher because it's not having to go through all of the levels of uh, uh, regulation. But you're also getting, like... Uh, natural history. This this is a great time to transition into what we actually smoked, which is the natural history L.A. Kush cake. And L.A. Kush cake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and what a strain it is. And natural history. They have so much 
information on their website. It was so cool to get to go on and read about the strain and see how much information they were just pumping out to. Like some people might not want to know about this or need to know about this. They're just like, do I like it? Do I don't? But like to right. have the information out there and public facing is really exciting because it allows for the, the going public to be able to, you know, educate themselves about the things that they're smoking. Well, that's it. And, and as, as you do kind of learn more and try more and experience, it, it's, it, it is more like tasting scotch or wine. Exactly. Uh, there's such a, a var- variation within the same strain of just growing different ways and stuff. And it's a, it is a, a, an educational journey. Yeah. And, and if, everyone's and if, on if, that if, journey. Like, there's people who've been smoking their entire lives who are, you know, uh, really far along on that journey. But it's not that they've learned everything yet. They're still learning along the way. There's people who just started who just know, like, I just learned the, the difference between a sativa and an indica. And I, yeah. I feel really empowered by that information. Like, that's exciting, too. Exactly. Like, I don't know about like you, but I kind of started using it regularly, probably... My late twenties. Yeah, yeah. Before that, it was a party thing. Yeah. You know, but I had a, a roommate who was who was chronic, and and so it was just there. Yeah. If I wanted it, but I didn't always until I started working theater and leaving town. Ah. And real and realizing, uh, that's what's missing. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but because because it was about my sleep. Yeah. I, I'm just my life. I've been a lifelong insomniac. Uh, my mm. brain gets active after 10 p.m. Sure. And it was something that I found did not put me to sleep, mm-hmm. but it allowed me to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, you know, um, whereas previous to that, I, like all through university, I, I slept maybe four hours a night. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, uh, that's hard. And that was just how it, how I was. Yeah. So this was like, you know, out of ignorance. Uh, and I remember one day seeing it going to a doctor and, and saying, oh, well, this is, this is what I do. And he said, he said, well, you know, if cannabis was legal, I'd prescribe it to you because you're, you're self-medicating and it's having a positive effect. So don't change what you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, I, I used that the wrong way <laughs> to be honest. I, I went and told my folks, you know, it, well, doctor says, you know, I should be smoking weed. So <laughs> he said, it's really working for me and that I'm getting straight yeah. A's. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, I mean, that, that was like saying I'm, you know, I'm addicted to heroin and I need, I need rehab is probably what I, that, that's how it sounded to my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And how are they now? Are they are they still very anti uh, cannabis or? Uh, uh... I wouldn't say they're anti cannabis. No. I just think they they accept that it's something that's uh, in society. I, I I wouldn't. I don't think that they'd be interested to try or, or yeah yeah curious at all. But I I have overheard conversations of oxygenarians uh-huh. who who are really thrilled because they're taking CBD oil and their arthritis is, is improved or sciatica. Yeah. I, but that's, that's a conversation I never overheard before. Yeah. Of, oh, we just go to, just go to, just go to those, those shops. They're <laughs> everywhere. 
Yeah, in, in and, and other friends' parents who like the the drinkables or the uh-huh. the beverages. Yeah, because you know, we're going to share. We're going to have y'all have half, and you'll have half. Mm-hmm. And then the, and they they there's a the, but they really surprising to us that they've been doing this for months at parties <laughs> at, at, or, or <laughs> when, when certain family was over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible the amount of the, especially I think the pandemic has really had an effect on, because people were locked up for so long, like they they didn't have anything to do, and it's legal now, and you can just walk into a shop and someone will help you find it. And my nephew told me about this CBD. What do you have in CBD? And you get to like talk to people about it and watch their eyes sort of light up and be like, oh, that's really cool. Like I I, I think I might try some of this today. It's really exciting. It's exciting that it's it's becoming slowly but surely more normalized in different circles yeah. than it has been did, up till now. What what did you find uh, being on the other side of the counter in mm-hmm. a retail situation? Like, what kind of customers would you say there was a percentage of people came in knew exactly what they want? Or was a lot of people reading the menus, going, "I don't know," or yeah, there's what because kind of- because advertising is not allowed in Canada for cannabis really. Like they they have a real kibosh on on any kind of getting your brand out there. There's not a lot of people who have brand loyalty. There's a lot of people coming in who are like what's good today or what what haven't I tried yet or so mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of people coming in <clears throat> Not knowing exactly what they want, but having an idea. Like some people come in and go like, I can't do sativa. I can't do anything that's past 24% THC. Uh, I don't want any CBD in it. So what do you got? There's some people who like know like that. It's not necessarily I want, you know, natural histories, LA Kush cake. But it's like I want uh, something that fits these paradigms that I've set up for myself. Uh, right. And then there was a, a percentage of that. And then probably like... 30% or even 35% of the people who were coming in are people who have never used cannabis before. And because I was working in like Summerhill, Rosedale area. So it was okay. like a lot of like, not to be crass or anything, but there's a there's a level of uh, class, I think, in a tax bracket that you have to be to be able to live in those areas. So a lot of a lot of people coming in, you know, with their designer handbags, just talking about like, yeah, my my daughter likes to buy from here, and she told me to come check out the place, and it looks great. So what do you have? <laughs> Always asking for, like, I have anxiety and sleep problems. What do I take? And I have to be like, well, I'm not a medical professional. I can't provide any medical advice. However, I can tell you stuff that relaxes you at night. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And they're like, well, I need something for sleep. And you're like, okay, well, (laughs) we're not going to be able to have much of a conversation, I don't think. But yeah, this L.A. Kush Cake came on the scene very recently. Like, I I hadn't heard of anything that Natural History was doing, but they came out with, like, a, a 510 cartridge of their cactus. Oh, fuck. What was it? I smoked it. It was really good. 
Cactus something, uh, uh, 510, that was really great. And then I got to try a little bit of this LA Kush cake and I like, vaped it once, like just a little sample from a friend. And I was like, oh fuck. I, I immediately came back, bought a 3.5. I was like, I'm gonna use this on the podcast someday. And I left it, I didn't open it up until this uh, this recording. I was very excited to like rip it open and watch this movie with it. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's a really impressive strain. Do you? Uh, have you ever you smoked an LA Kush cake before? Because you went into a store. Do you want to tell us that story? Oh yeah, yeah. I I was looking to get this strain. I I didn't pay attention to the modern history part. I I just saw that on the website they had indeed LA Kush cake, and yeah. I thought bingo. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in and I said, I'm looking for uh, LA Kush cake, and <laughs> the guy says. Oh, it just came in. And it's the highest strain I got. It goes like 30%. And he's like, and he went in and he got the box out and he came out and he, he cut open the thing and he, he got it. was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he brought out this beautiful printed box with gold on it. And I actually had my gamer going because oh, oh, Daniel's going to be so proud of me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he goes, he just says, he goes, careful because the the jar is glass. I said, oh, thanks, man. He says, enjoy. So I text that to Daniel. <laughs> oh no, I think that is X grower. Yeah, top leaf. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's top leaf. <laughs> and I'm like. Ah! Dan, Daniel knows his product on site <laughs> just by the packaging <laughs> but I'd already opened it so oh, I thought oh well I'll try it and then I'll, I'll have a baseline to compare the, the modern history with when I find it That's and, <laughs> so what did you, so having smoked both of them uh, what were the, the major differences between them being the same strain but from different grows Okay, so the um, what was the the, the non modern top leaf and then natural top history leaf. is the the one that we're well, actually modern history natural history yeah there you go you see <laughs> uh, so the top leaf uh, really hit me hard it was like a, like an indica where yeah. I was non uh, I was in that permission to do nothing uh-huh. so mm-hmm. no uh, I was macrame to the couch. <laughs> And rewinding ten minutes at a time of get back because I was sure I was missing something. <laughs> you mean to tell me John Lennon is a part of the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as I, as I think I was telling you earlier, I, I wound up looking more like Ringo because uh, <laughs> I was. <laughs> I, I didn't make it all the way through the episode. Let's just say I, I passed. <laughs> so I used that very sparingly uh, at night for the next uh, for the next week or so. Uh, maybe maybe more, and I shared it. But uh, but compared to the natural history mm-hmm. one, it did not hit me the same way at all. Got it. Uh, uh, it, I found it more very mellow, but mm-hmm. I became but but I but it was focused like a, like a sativa is for me normally. Yeah, I I could do I could do work on my photography. I could read. I could I could 
do tasks. Yeah. And and, and be active, mm-hmm. and uh, which I really liked. And I also um, just the 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 smell and the tastes of it. It was just really. Yeah. Uh, pungent and pleasant. Like, um, I don't know much about terpenes, mm-hmm. but uh, but I know like, I, it, it just when I opened it, it just was really pleasant on the nose. Yeah, kind of kind of like um, piney. Yeah, a bit. Um, I want to say diesel. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. And uh, and it just smoked nice. I didn't cough. I didn't. Um, uh, and it just you know I, I don't smoke a lot at mm-hmm. a time. I don't I don't really roll it. I just smoke um just take a few hits off my pipe here and there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so I kind of gave gave it a, a little test last night. And then before I watched the movie, I was just it's just it was all I I, I had smoked. So it was. Um, it was it was it was you know above average in in terms of my enjoyment mm-hmm. you know quite honestly a lot of times it, it just i need something uh i can count on yeah just to to, to switch the station yeah <laughs> i'm on you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just wait and uh yeah it it reminded me of 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 um some other strains that I've smoked uh, that were possibly less in THC, mm. but higher in the terpene value, which ironically made me feel much more high. Is that is that? Weird? Yeah, like a, I always would correlate the the THC content to the potency, but I've had some some stuff that was maybe seventeen, eighteen percent that made me feel way higher. Yeah. That's a real thing. Uh, the, the the THC percentage uh, being the, the be-all and end-all of how potent this strain is going to be is, uh, like, the thing about cannabis is because it's such a, like, a young industry, it's still, uh, the information that we know about it is so kind of base level, and every time we learn something else, we realize we have to reinvestigate all of the other stuff that we knew like even separating it into sativa and indica and hybrid is really kind of nothing because everything's a hybrid now because everything has been like crossbred to shit so you don't have we don't have any like full indicas or full sativas like real land race strains that are uh uh what the people who first found them were smoking Everything has right. been crossbred looking for these potencies. And the potency in the stuff, the terpene profile they're learning is so much more accurate in terms of how the effects of it are going to feel. Like, And you get that in, in vaporizers, too, because vaporizers use distillate. They're just taking the THC information from the strain and putting that into the thing. So you're losing... The, the other flavonoids, the other cannabinoids, the other terpenes. There's like, I describe it to people as like, if you went to a great burger place that they were like, this is the best burger you'll, you'll ever have. And then they put a really amazingly seasoned and juicy burger, but it's just the burger on a plate. Here you go. 
you're not going to enjoy that as much as you would a burger that has like a, a brioche bun that's been freshly baked, that's been toasted on the on the on the oven, and uh, uh, fresh tomatoes and fresh uh, lettuce and fresh uh, uh, pickles and onions and uh, a burger sauce that has like just the right amount of tang in it. There's so much more that goes into it that allows you to have a more well-rounded experience. And terpenes and the terp percentages, which brings down your THC percentages, um, having those boosted up is a really good thing. And people get scared away from it because, like you said, you people come in like I don't I don't smoke anything that's less than twenty two percent. And I'm like right. I I'm a huge smoker. I smoke every day. My favorite strain of all time is one that's on the the uh, medical market called Blue Widow, and it never cracks eighteen percent. Never. It's usually like sixteen point something, and it's my favorite. I love it because the terp profile on it is so in line with what my endocannabinoid system needs and craves and wants from weed. Interesting. So, yeah. So so say that again. The endo you. Uh, the endocannabinoid system so we all have one naturally and we have in this endocannabinoid system we have receptors called cb1 receptors and cb2 receptors okay cb1 receptors are located in your nervous system so it's like your your spine and your brain and all of the nerves going out so that's uh when you feel like high like in your body Mm -hmm. or in your brain your cb1 receptors are like gobbling up the cannabinoids that you're inhaling or ingesting or whatever uh your cb2 receptors are responding to like cbd they're responding to uh uh is the only terpene in in cannabis terpenes that specifically targets your cb2 receptors which are all located in your um peripheral organs so like your stomach and your intestine your kidneys and your lungs all of that stuff has CB2 receptors that are all, you don't necessarily feel in the same way that your nervous system feels high, but it is affecting how your trip is going, how your high feels. Okay. Interesting. So when people are like, oh, that cannabis and, and, you know, it's a drug and people are just getting stupid on it. I'm like, no, honestly, there's like natural things in our bodies that are like receptors for and want uh, uh, cannabis, especially CBD has a lot of like medical good that it's doing to people who are using it all the time. It's really helping the body regulate the things that it needs to regulate and trying to uh beat back the the um the damage that aging can do okay yeah because your cannabinoids like your cannabinoids that that ones in your stomach send use your cannabinoid system to send messages up to your brain so when your stomach needs sustenance it sends a signal that goes to the brain that says hey you're hungry you should eat something and so your brain goes, oh, I'm feeling kind of hungry. Let's, let's sit down for a meal or something. Um, so, exactly, yeah. And so CB, <laughs> So what happens is as we age, those messages get interrupted by these things that like attack the message. 
So the, I think like a friend described it to me. It's like there's a messenger pigeon that's coming up from your organs to your brain. And there's a fucking hawk that comes in and like snatches it up. So that message never gets to your brain as we age more and more hawks come in our system. So CBD, what it does is it doesn't actually help the message. But what it does is it sends an owl in to attack the hawk. So as the hawk swoops in, a, a fucking owl comes and takes it out. So the messenger pigeon now has a clear path to get up to the brain. So now the messages from your body that are getting sent to your brain to be able to ask for what do you need? Sleep, you need uh, hunger, you need to go to the bathroom. All of those signals are now having an easier time getting there. Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I didn't I didn't understand that. And are there... <laughs> Are, are they are they using it in applications with like like people with dementia or uh... yeah there's there's a lot of research that's going into it right now and they're trying to see there there has been some really cool stuff with like epilepsy and uh, uh, even just like uh, yeah memory loss stuff uh, uh, there's all kinds of studies that are being enacted right now but it's still kind of very like young in the right. in terms of its legality they haven't been able to do tests until now because it hasn't been legal for so long right. so now that it's legal more and more places are doing it and the medical market is expanding as the recreational market comes up to support it so as right. more medical places are able to produce more product as more science it gets interested and gets university funding and gets federal funding and provincial funding more and more of these tests can be done to be able to discover what this thing does because we don't really know yet it's, we're discovering more and more every day it's kind of fascinating Wow. Yeah. And natural history, this uh, this L.A. Kush Cake does have, a, one of the coolest things that they have, they have a terpene profile on the website for it. And they have the percentages of the the terpenes that are present in it. So, it, for instance, it's got uh, A-farnazine, like alpha-farnazine is the number one terpene with a bullet. That's found in, like, uh, chamomile and uh, green apple peels. Like when you bite into a Granny Smith, that kind of like tart kind of uh, uh, taste is there. Um, and also like uh, spices and stuff. It's kind of, it, it borrows from a lot of different taste profiles from other terpenes as well. But it says it's got 29% alpha farnazine, which I've never seen that kind of dominance as a, a, a major terpene from farnazine. So that's exciting and interesting and different than the other stuff that's on the market. It also has 17% caryophylline. So that's the one that's targeting your CB2 receptors. So if you feel like sort of a holistic experience, that could be because it's not only hitting your CB1 receptors, but also your CB2 receptors. Two. It's got some limonene. Limonene is found in like lemon and lime, like especially the rinds. There's like okay. a, a, again, an, like a tart kind of uh, sour taste to it so if you're getting um caryophylline is also found in like black pepper and uh, uh so if you've got like a peppery kind of uh, uh sour and tangy taste coming from it like diesel-y uh it can that's really what i said diesel but yeah 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 pep pepper is more accurate to where where it was hitting uh my olfactory yeah 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 and it's interesting too because if you like the you crack a black peppercorn if you get like too high you can crack black peppercorn and smell it and it brings you down 
in the same way that caryophylline can kind of because of the caryophylline content in it i think it helps like minimize unwanted feelings like anxious or too high or anything like that like it can actually temper those feelings i never heard of that that's amazing yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool there's a black pepper yeah that's right black pepper black, black pepper, pepper. <laughs> So yeah, 29% afarnazine, 17% caryophylline, 12% limonene, 11% linalool, which is like uh, also uh, uh, chamomile and, um, uh, oh fuck, what's the, what's the flower that linalool, uh, um, ah shit. Well, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but I smoke pot. What do you want from me? Uh, and then 9% bee mercine, which is like an earthy kind of like gardeny uh, taste to it. Um, so, yeah, it's got a really interesting profile and really cool that natural history like puts that information out there, the percentages of them and sort of yeah. shows there's like a really cool wheel that comes out on their website where you click it and then it it comes out and it's like around like that and you can click it and it shows different terpene profiles for all their different cultivars and all their different products that they have. It's so cool. They they're doing I, like it doesn't work quite perfectly yet, but it's I think it it's really exciting to see those kind of steps being made because a lot of LPs go there's no point in putting the time and effort into this because people don't care about that stuff. They only care about THC percentage, so we're not going to do that. But this is actually furthering the industry. I think this is really well, trying absolutely. to show you don't have to go to this information. You can just smoke it and forget about it. But if you want to know, the information is there for you. It's like almost like being able to know the sugar content in wine. Exactly. Uh, it's like, oh, well, it's red wine. But yeah, oh, yeah. But is it a, what kind of great, what kind of, exactly. because then that gives you information on the, okay. Where now, did it grow? Uh, How did it grow? Like who was taking, what was the process that they used? You know, like all, all those exactly. stuff, like this stuff is hand trimmed. And I took a look like really close to the, the bud and got like a flashlight on it and shit. And it's so beautiful like the nugs themselves are so well crafted it's do you need to be no you're gonna just be grinding it up and putting it in your pipe or your bong or whatever you do but the fact that they put that level of craft that they want they cared about the bag appeal is really exciting yes and a side note on that between the two uh la cushions yeah la kush cakes uh the one in the glass jar, uh -huh. top leaf, yeah. was was one single cola. Oh. And it was tight and it was nice. Uh, yeah. But I always felt a little bit guilty taking a piece off of it. <laughs> I like I, I like when there's a few little bit of crumbles because I take the small ones first. Yeah, start and with I the small ones, work your way up. I won't even notice that I even used those ones. But every time I looked at this thing, I could see how much smaller it was than the last time. <laughs> We're losing it, people. We're losing it. Every time I come smoke it, it's like a little more goes away. This ice cube is melting. <laughs> <laughs> now, the terpenes, are they present in the flower bud or are they in the leaves that around it? Are they more potent on the backs of the leaves? Is that what I, like, uh, you know, I always thought the crystals are the little hairs. The trichomes, yeah. The, the tri that's what I get confused about. 
trichome. Yeah. And the trichome, I, like, I noticed on these buds, they're super frosty. There is a little bit of trichomes, and of, terpene is part of, like, the, the bioengineering of it all. So it's present in the entire plant. It's just that the okay. flowers have the, the trichome content and the highest... Uh, version of it. That's why we don't smoke stems of the plants or like smoke the fan leaves or whatever because there's just, it's, it, sure there's some in there, but it's not enough to make it worthwhile. So you take the buds off and just do it that way. But yeah, super frosty, like really glints off of the, the, the light, which I was really excited about. Yeah. They're a, uh, what else are they? They are owned by Atlas Biotechnologies and Atlas Growers Limited, which has a grow operation in Edmonton, Alberta. So this is prairie weed, which is nice. cool. I come from the prairies, so I like that. It's <laughs> indica dominant, and it's a cross between wedding cake and Cushman's. So I, one of my favorite strains that came out this year was by uh, an LP called Msigu. They did an ice cream cake crossed with Cushman's 11. And I was like, this is the fucking bomb. I love this strain. I love the mix of this, whatever it is in my system. I, I have seen that people either really love it or really hate it. So it's oh. it's one of those kind of things where people, you know, it if you like it, you're going to love it a lot. But if you don't like it, it's kind of doing nothing for you, especially at that price tag. And this one, I feel like, is a, a lower price tag and not as good as that. But I, I really enjoy uh, the sweetness of the wedding cake and the... the the sharpness of the Cushmint, I think, really combine well to create a robust, uh, a robust experience for the senses in every sense of the word. Nice. And and how do you consume? Do you vaporize or do you? Uh, so I try to do, do a couple of different ones. I did. I have a Pax Three and an Air Riser Solo Two vaporizer and a Volcano that I I kind of switch back and forth, and that's my main stuff because we're singers. We gotta save the instrument, you know. Uh, but I I love a pre roll. I have a bong. I do dabs. I kind of I I kind of try to have a. Uh, Honestly, like in my art, I like the variety of it. I like being able to have like, well, this is the way that I usually consume it. And so this will be like kind of mindless. But if I want to go out and really have an experience, I can buy a pre-roll and go out on my balcony and kind of sit right. there and look at the town and, and just enjoy myself, you know. <laughs> so I like the variety. Do you just smoke out of your pipe? Uh, no. Uh more so since COVID, it's just not a, like I'm not sharing it sure, with anybody. So and, and I, yeah, so I just I feel like I'm burning half of it if I without. So it's yeah. just uh, for that reason. But um, the uh, I I what I, I was enjoying um, cartridges. Yeah, the, like little five tens or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then the my my battery went haywire. Like I. I was, I replaced it twice, and I oh, just haven't done it since. But um, I was it, it was it was a different experience, but it, I just it lasted longer. I think too. Yeah. Um, because it's so concentrated, you need very little of it to to get you to where you're going. Right. Yeah. 
If you uh, get a new battery, get one that does uh, temperature settings and try the um, the live the live resin or live rosin 510s that are out on the market right now. There's a few companies uh-huh. that are doing them, and they do a lot more to like like we were talking about before. Uh, the distillate is just taking the THC. Live rosin right. and live resin takes like all of the information and puts it in a sauce that you're then consuming. So it's a much more like true to flower experience in both okay. taste and high and and it's wonderful. Nice. And then do you check. keep the temperature like on the lower on the lower? Low, range, like yeah, three, because anything higher than that will burn it away. So you're burning off the away. cool thing about it. Gotcha. But there's a lot of them. There's a lot of uh, vape companies that are doing that. Like it's usually ones with buttons so that you can change the 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 temperature on it. It's not just auto haul. Right. But it's yeah, they're really they're really fantastic. And uh, you know what? Natural History has uh, uh, some stuff out there. Their uh, uh, Cactus Breath uh, is is really a great vaporizer. So yeah, I was uh, I was really yeah I'm surprised by it and and like it a lot. So nice. Johnny, yes, is Natural History's LA Kush cake something that you would buy again? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. I would. I would definitely buy this again and probably in a situation where i could enjoy it with with another equal equally uh minded friend like the idea of trying the strain and then having an activity like watch this movie and is is great uh you know i got a, a couple of buddies and we could we find something that we like we'll we'll, we'll save a little bit to see share it when we get together and yeah all right so i like that so yeah that that was something that i would i would uh i would i would not only buy again but would recommend to friends wicked i i would do i think this is a great strain i think it's really uh affordable i think it's it's uh great for the price i think that it's uh, very sweet and i like that out of a uh, out of a strain i i think that it's relaxing what can you say but focused like i don't feel I don't feel uh, uh, like my head's been unplugged or anything. Like I can still wander around the maze and look for the cheese. Uh, yeah, I just I think that it's a it's a really cool one. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it as well. Awesome. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our first segment, Johnny. Which means it's time for our first game. You ready for this? Oh yes, please. All right. This is a game called In It to Minute. In it to minute. This is the game where you, our guest, Johnny Lul, have to say everything that happens in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but you've only got 60 seconds to do it. So I'm going to warn you, everyone gets hung up on the and setting up Act 1, and then they have no time for Act 3. So you're just looking for the most basic storytelling blocks. You're just, you've got 60 seconds, and you're going to run out of time, I promise you. So are okay. you ready for this? I am ready. All right. We're looking for a beginning, a middle, and an end. Johnny, what happened in the movie Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, In It to Minute, and go! In It to Minute. In It to Minute, we meet Robert Downey Jr.'s character uh, as a low-level thief, uh, not functioning well. Uh, And we discover he is the narrator and taking us on a journey as we see him at a party in L.A. at Christmas time. Uh, And... 
and it's a really, really fun take on storytelling and film noir uh, in that he is not only the narrator and the the hero of the story, he's also correcting the narration as he goes. He's like, oh, geez, I left this part out. And he brings us in, and he is unlikely. 20 seconds. Gets, 20 seconds. He's, he's in L.A., and he's being brought in to, uh, to, uh, to star in a TV detective show, and he's learning to be a detective from Gay Val Kilmer, Gay, 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 gay Perry. And there's a lot of things that hit your ear in a weird way in 2021 that are in the movie shot in 2025. 20, 2005. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well if that isn't a pitch for the movie i don't know what is stick around because when we come back my good friend johnny alul and i are gonna talk about kiss kiss bag bag so stay tuned Thanks for tuning into the show today, buds. We're just going to interrupt the conversation for a quick second and tell you a little bit about something that we here at Let's Bogart think is worth paying attention to. And that is the AFC, which is the Actors Fund of Canada. They have a vision of a world where Canadian entertainment professionals are valued and supported, and their mission is through compassionate support. They help Canadian entertainment professionals maintain their health, dignity, and ability to work. The AFC is the lifeline for Canada's entertainment industry. The AFC is an expression of the community's goodwill, helping entertainment professionals when they are at their most vulnerable due to injury, illness, or other personal hardship, including the pandemic. Since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, hundreds of industry members have turned to the AFC for help to keep a roof over their heads and food on the table. During this challenging time, the AFC has responded to the need in the community with $1.4 million and counting in emergency financial aid and other crucial support programs and services. All their programs are focused on supporting the health and well-being of arts and entertainment professionals, working in all aspects of film and TV, music, theater, and dance. As I'm recording this, we got some really terrible, awful news uh, a, a day ago, and or two days ago now, uh, that Come From Away has closed down. Uh, Mervish's Come From Away, it's one of the biggest hit Musicals written by Canadians performing in Canada with a fully Canadian cast about Canada. <laughs> um, and they opened uh, their doors last Wednesday. And this, uh, this news uh, comes really brutally. Really brutally. They were only open for a little bit of time, but they had they had brought in new people. There was new swings that I know who had for, gotten their like first Mervish contracts. Really, uh, a huge a huge win for the industry, and a lot of people who weren't even involved in the production were looking to that production to see sort of how the most successful commercial <laughs> Canadian uh, music theater contribution to the world's music theater canon. Uh, would be able to show the return to live theater and live entertainment. And those hopes were dashed when they performed their final uh, uh, their final show on the 22nd without having known it. They got uh, a COVID hit the crew and the performers and uh, uh, Mervish came out and David Mervish said that he uh, that it's just uh, too untenable when other countries are supporting their arts organizations uh, to be able to, if not keep it open, at least be able to keep it going while they're in hiatus. Um, 
but Canada is not doing any such thing. So without uh, help from the federal level with Trudeau, without help from the provincial level from Ford, uh, we're we're in a really we're in a really bad place in the live entertainment sector right now. Entertainment of all kinds, entertainment uh, uh, of all gathering should be paying attention to this. And uh, be writing your MPs. So I've got a I've got a couple of asks for you right now. Uh, I, I told you that story because I know people who are in those crews. I know people who are in those casts. I know people who are uh, uh, front of house people, bartenders. This affects a lot of people. Glenn Sumi of Now Magazine tweeted something like, uh, "It uh, the show had created nine thousand yeah, it created 9,000 employment weeks for cast, stage managers, musicians, crew members, front of house workers. The impact going to be felt by the Toronto economy was to the tune of $920 million. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of, of careers and people being able to put food on the table and uh, uh, being able to uh, provide for themselves, for their families. Uh, when uh, CERB and CRB and other programs that have uh, kept people afloat are now over and we're not in a full lockdown, but our entertainment sector is shutting down. So uh, t for those people, the AFC is not just for actors. It's for uh, anyone involved in entertainment, live entertainment sector. Uh, so please donate to them. Please write to Trudeau. Please write to Ford. Uh, write to your local MPs and your MPPs. Uh, try to get people on this because the, the last time this big wave happened, uh, that was the only way that we got uh, any support. And the people uh, from Come From Away and various other much less <laughs> high-profile uh, shows have all been shut down. And there's a lot of people who are experiencing these holidays uh, very uncertain about their future. And they need our help. So please go to afchelps.ca slash donate now. That's afchelps.ca slash donate now and give to the people who are giving back to the people who are performing and giving art to our communities. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And now back to the conversation. Oh, buddy. Yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. What a wild movie. Yeah, the, the, the film noir thing about it, I think, is so fun. Like, I have a real love of, like, uh, if you're doing a film noir, but you're doing it as a comedy, and the detective at the center of your story is not only, like, <laughs> uh, um, like not a perfect guy, but also an idiot... I am so on board. Like, Big Lebowski is one of my favorite movies of all time. This is uh, really up there for me. I love it. If they exactly. can make the guy who's in charge of solving the mystery a complete buffoon, I'm like, buffoon. I am here for it. He is the unworthy narrator. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the job, but he shouldn't. 
it's <laughs> and I love that how deep that goes because you talked about like the breaking of the fourth wall and he's the narrator and he has a job to do which is tell the story and he can't even do that right like not only is he completely incompetent and over his head in every scene that you see him in but the actual function of telling you the story as a filmmaker he's terrible at and calls himself out on it I love that yeah oh I missed this part Uh lousy narrator terrible narrator It's like when my uncle starts and is like, oh, I forgot. The cowboy was riding a blue horse. It's like, oh, well, thanks so much for that. It's so funny. Really funny. And it's, it's dry like that. Uh, but even the dialogue, like Val Kilmer, oh. is, is so funny. Yeah. His dialogue, the the written dialogue for him, which is Shane Black's just like... He's so, so good at writing this stuff. Just two people who shouldn't like each other or shouldn't be working together because they really don't have any and making them, yeah, have to work together. And Val Kilmer gets so many great lines in this movie and he delivers them so well. (laughs) Honestly, it's one of my like, I, I don't think I'm trying to think of Val Kilmer's. I just watched that Val Kilmer documentary that came out a while ago. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's so good and heartbreaking to watch Is an it? actor like he's completely lost his voice, right? So it's it's really really sad to to watch, but also amazing to like see all this footage that he filmed himself of his whole career. Like you get to go behind the scenes of Top Gun and just see like young Val Kilmer kicking around and oh man, it's just so fucking cool. But his performance in Tombstone as Doc Holliday is one of my, Uh like, I fucking, that's, that's it for me. And I think this one comes real close. I, I, (laughs) I really enjoy this performance of his. And I understand it's like, like you said, in 2021, should a a straight actor in Hollywood be playing, uh, you know, a a gay character at the same time. uh, And I, I agree with that entirely. Uh, fuck Aaron Sorkin and what he says. I but 2005. This was the first time that a gay character had been a lead, like on the poster of an action movie. Like really? I know it's a crime and mystery or whatever, but like basically, like they tried to sell it as this is a really exciting, like uh, lethal from the guy who brought you lethal weapon. Lethal weapon is this guy and this uh, this guy who's gay who's not like the sidekick. He's in charge. Like, Robert Downey Jr. is the sidekick that we're following. Exactly. The Sancho Panza. (laughs) To the... (laughs) To Coyote. Yeah, who actually knows that they're windmills. (laughs) Yeah. We've got to go find that windmill. (laughs) Fucking Sancho, (laughs) hurry up. Get over here. So, yeah, he's so funny in it. When he... (laughs) If you look up the definition of the word idiot in the dictionary, what do you find... (laughs) A picture of me? Picture no, of me? the definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. Their chemistry is really something. I think the two it of is. them sound like they had just an absolute blast. Absolutely. Because like, Falcon, he's just, he's so effortless. He's yeah. like a job to do. And he's like, he's, like, he's the coach. Anytime he calls a, the, the, <laughs> the sarcasm, I love that scene where he's he's dropping him off 
the, 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 I think it's the first time he's met. It's like one of the answers. I'll call you later. Nope. I think it's later. Fuck off. I love when he goes when he goes uh, um, oh, what do you think I'm stupid it's like I think you wouldn't know where to feed yourself if you didn't st- if you weren't flapping your gums so much yes I think you're stupid it's so incredible what an incredibly viciously sarcastic performance it's just it eviscerating every time <laughs> and to watch Downey kind of like not not shrug it off but sort of like the the power that I think he has here is like he he kind of thinks he is dumb so when when he gets called dumb by this guy he's just like yeah I know like <laughs> which is a weird thing to go back and watch now because this is 2005 2008 Iron Man has not come out yet so his like uh, rock star, uh, uber confident kind of uh, performance is not there yet, and I really enjoy watching him play a loser. Like he's yeah. such a loser in this movie, and I loved it. He's sheepish around women. And he's, yeah, he's he's sensitive about women's dignity, like <laughs> you know, and you know, to a fault, not to a fault, but <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a little. <laughs> It's a, it's, it's trying to come from a good place, but it, at the end of the day, it is misogyny. It's just, it, 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 really. it's like the, the white knight stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay. So that's a little like nail on the head. I think maybe of uh, this guy who's like <laughs> yelling at her for her saying, okay, no big deal. Whatever you grab my tit. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's maybe not. <laughs> It, again, 2021 lens for a, a 2005 movie. That's a noir and trying to be like a classic noir, which uh, in its DNA is very misogynist. Misogynist. Yeah. Exactly. She's either the, the innocent woman who you need to save or she's the, or she's the, femme, the femme fatale. fatale. Yeah. Exactly. And you never knew which she was going to be. You never knew if... You're always wondering if she was going to double cross or otherwise... She, the actress is great. What's her name? Michelle Monaghan. Michelle Monaghan. She was so good. She's incredible. And but not, like, the, 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 like I was uh, say just yeah. Go ahead. You go. No, you go. I was just saying, just the plot twists. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, there's always a surprise in, in the movie, but like the thing with closing the door, I, I didn't see that coming. And then what a piece of the movie. It, it wound up being created conflict for everything. Yeah. Do we, do we, having it happen three different times, but in completely different ways, the consequences for it escalating each time. It's like Loxy rules, like, uh, like, uh, like farce rules. Yeah. When she cuts his finger off, she's so mad at him and he's trying so hard to, to get it out. And he, she cuts off the, and she opens it sheepishly like, Oh, did I cut, just cut off your finger? He's like, yeah, it's just, it's down there in my periphery. I don't want to see it. Can you just grab Who's it? it? <laughs> <laughs> he makes such a non-issue of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just, and he's just having it reattached and he's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so great you figured all that out, but also you cut off my finger. <laughs> oh my god! 
and those two guys who like pull it apart after i love them what are their fucking uh uh dash dash mahawk uh or mihawk mihawk dash mihawk who is playing mr frying pan and okay. rockman dunbar who's playing mr fire I fucking the two of them. I've never seen them either of them in anything else, and they were so pitch perfect in this movie. I was oh, like, yeah. I, I sort of want to go and see if they have done anything because I want to. I would watch those movies. I would watch a movie about the two of them, like following them, like like Johnny, uh, 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 John um, Travolta, and uh, Samuel Jackson and Pulp Samuel Fiction. Jackson. Exactly, yeah, yeah. it resonated like that for me. <laughs> Well, and also just the high stakes they're doing. Oh, this here's another corpse. Like, how many corpses did he encounter the first day? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> and it's and it's and, and it was the same one twice. Or yeah. He tells <laughs> get you got to get the body, wrap it up, find the gun, uh, and get some gloves. Does it matter what color gloves? Yes, fawn. <laughs> Fun. Incredible. Yeah, the line. And like you say, unpredictable. Because I think there's something that Shane Black as a writer-director does. Um, where he's playing in a genre that we know really well. And that obviously he knows really well. Because he obviously loves this detective kind of like pulpy uh, mystery genre. Because he's hitting all of the the right like flags to make us know that this is one of these stories but he's uh-huh. always just going left on it he's always just the, the guy's an idiot the detective is not he's not an actor but he gets wrapped up in it the, and then pretending to be a detective and like the getting the finger cut off and he's high on demerol and gets taken by the like all of the series of events that happen is so funny and so unbelievable and ridiculous the fact that you're able to like juggle the mystery it's still like a really good i think mystery movie but it's also hilarious like everything that everyone is saying all of the if yeah the events that take place are all sort of just skewed it's such an enjoyable movie (laughs) (laughs) i really really enjoyed it in fact i think i'm i may give it a second watch because i enjoyed it so much it's it's worth it, man. The the more the more I watch, I find this like the Big Lebowski. The first time I saw the Big Lebowski, I had a really hard time. I was really enjoying all the character work and the dialogue and the uh, everything, but the actual plot of it, like the mystery, was always like because it's such an afterthought for the dude. It right. for me as an audience member, I was like, what what happened again? Who said what to who? How did this all come to be? I didn't really understand. I had to watch it again and again. And the more I watched it, the more I understood the plot, the more I was able to let the plot go and just like hang out with these people again. Oh, exactly. Very fun. Well, and I pulp, this pulp, pulp Fiction is that way for me. Absolutely. I mean, the first three times I watched it, I didn't really piece together the story because it's being told from four different, there's actually four different arcs going on at the same time and the timelines are all meeting the timelines are all yeah leaving each other but i haven't watched is... it a few times you yeah. kind of go oh that's where this comes in and that's now right. i see it it's one of those things one of those things 
And I think that this one this one does good. I think I, what I noticed this time watching it is John Ottman is the both the music, like the composer and the editor. He's one of the only people in Hollywood who does this. Um, and he did like he worked with uh, uh, Brian Singer, who fuck him. But uh, he worked on like Usual Suspects. He did the music and editing, too. He's he's really good at that. And I feel like you get that sense of musical rhythm from his editing and conversely i think that the music itself is really like trying to land this story as a pulpy detective thing there's not much that's like comedy about it he's not trying to put a fine point on there's not like a lot of like slapsticks or like uh uh a, a, a comedic punctuation. It's all about setting the mood of this is an L.A. serious mystery pulp novel. And I think that that allows the comedy to play so beautifully. I think it's such exactly. a smart way in. Yeah, it's such a good I movie. loved it. <laughs> and, and I loved it that, that the, the whole underlying reason he's there is that, you know, his life could change if, if if he takes on this role, if he gets this role, he's, he's screen testing for it. Yeah. Yeah. So there innocent. is something it's, cool in that. I think anybody can relate. Maybe just because I'm an actor, but was, he's been flown to LA because he have, because he ran into an audition, <laughs> which that scene is outstanding. 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 He walks in and he's completely, he's being chased by the cops and he's like, no, come back in when they're ready. No, we're ready. You're ready, right? Let's go. Let's take a look at him. He's so good. Larry Miller is Dabney Shaw. He's so yeah. fucking funny in that scene and every scene that he's in. The other person is, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Nancy Fish is the New York casting woman. The casting director. Oh, God, she's funny. That when she reads the first line, the first cue line to him, where's Raphael? Where is he? I'm like, that is so. I mean, maybe it's inside baseball, but that's such a casting director like read. Just want to bring an actor. You killed him. Flips out. He's still crying, and they're like, "Yeah, let's get him a flight to L.A." <laughs> Method Brando, yeah. Brando. And then the, then the cop comes in. He goes, oh, "Hey, good, good luck." <laughs> and apparently, that guy, uh, that cop, was an extra in another scene. He like he shows up later in the movie as a completely different character, which they're like, oh, maybe he's an actor, too, in L.A. or whatever. But more likely, it's the guy that they had originally hired to do that line was not delivering it in the way that they wanted. So they just went out to the other one like, hey, you look like you could fit into his costume. Can you do this line? He's like, hey, good luck. And they're like, perfect. Let's grab you and bring you in. But that's something that's really cool about this movie is that everyone who has even like a small bit per day players get an amazing scene to do. Right. The, I think about the woman on the on the rooftop who catches Downey Jr. and his partner. Yes. We're going to stay right here until the cops until get the cops here. Just <laughs> eyeing him down, shoots at him, kills yeah. the partner. Kills the other partner. Makes him run. 
And that's a, like a day of shooting, maybe. But you get amazing, like just a big pop. The guy who got to play the robo guy and do that stunt off of the, oh, the yeah. balcony. Incredible. Incredible. Stuff like that. <laughs> the guy comes home from set in costume. His wife thinks he's an intruder. He shoots him. <laughs> and then they're on to the next thing. But yeah, it's, it's, it, but it's a, it's it's a plot. It, it it's got a, it's. It really feels lived in, like it's a world that, and I think that's so important for noir that even though you're only getting a snapshot from each of these characters, from each of these situations, each of these places, it feels very like there's a history here. There's a whole character who's a part of this. Dabney Shaw, Dabney Shaw, that Dick, uh, uh, Dick Miller playing is not Dick Miller. Was what's his name? Fucking uh, Larry Miller. Larry Miller right. playing that guy. Like that is only a handful of scenes, and every single scene he knocks it out of the park. Every single scene he gets like a great button. <laughs> he's fucking talking when he sees the girl on when he sees Michelle Monaghan on TV and he's like, oh, I never, I hate it. They never show below the waist. It's like a, a, a like an old centerfold from the pen in the forties. He's like, uh, what am I telling you for? Invite her to something. <laughs> Incredible. So fucking lived in and so great. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really love this movie. Who else is cool in it? It's uh, Shannon Sossaman shows up as the pink hair girl. Also, right. a really cool part. And I'm like, where has she been? Like, Knight's Tale and then uh, th- this in 2005. Huh. It's been a while. So I I really liked her. Yeah, God. The the opening of the movie, the coming in on the church fair where he's doing his, like, magic show. Yeah, yeah. And the magic show goes so wrong. I don't know about you, Johnny. I want to ask you this. Do you have a like a traumatic memory from childhood where you tried to perform and did poorly? Not from childhood, but more in my adult life. <laughs> I tried to perform. <laughs> What is what is the most traumatic time that you tried to perform and you thought this is going to go fine and it does not go fine at all? Oh, well, the most traumatic was was actually an audition. Sure. Uh, uh, for the original uh, touring company of Les Miserables, <gasps> the original Canadian touring company. Uh-huh. Uh, it was 1992, maybe 90, would have been touring in 92. And I was in theater school. In second year, and somebody it was bulletin boards. Yeah, yeah. So somebody had put uh, FYI, Mervish is holding. It was like out of the newspaper. Mervish holding auditions uh, this date. So I went and uh, to my typewriter and typed a resume, <laughs> one copy, <laughs> and sent the the other one copy of my headshot that I had. Amazing. Oh, I think I think you really need me. Like so confident, no clue. I think you really need to see me for this show. I think I'm perfect for one of the students. Uh, I'm currently studying in the University of Windsor. Never expected to hear anything. I got home from school three or four days later, and my roommates are standing around our answering machine with their eyes like saucers. 
there's a message for you. There's a message. Hi, this is uh, somebody from Stephanie Gorin's office calling. Uh, uh, can't remember the, the the guy's name. Uh, so so J- J- casting the New York casting director. Somebody Alex Jason Alexander. No, somebody. I would like to see you at four thirty on Tuesday at whatever sixty six King Street Mervish Productions in the, in the office. <laughs> so the message, and the, I'm in Windsor. Right, I, 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 I'm maybe just turned twenty, and my four roommates are looking at me, and they're like, "I'm like, oh, I can't go. I got uh, see, I got a scene study or works in progress on Tuesday morning, or I can't go." And they're like, "You're not. You're going. You're not missing this." Yeah. And like, like basically took me to the train station, got me on the thing, so I got to this audition. Offices. <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't know my way around Toronto. I, I, there's a, it's a long story, but I'll keep it short. I wound up going in there, and they with four pieces of music that I had been working on, and they asked me to sing the one I hated. And, <laughs> and the the opening page is called "Everybody Has the Right to Be Wrong," and the opening page is this really legato, slow halftime thing, and then. At, at, it goes wrong, a five-letter word which is used to denote incorrect. Wrong is like, totally inappropriate for the show. Anyway, <laughs> gets to the end of that intro, and it goes to a boom, chick, boom, chick, boom, chick, in, in, in twice time, and you're, you're singing this sort of patter song after. Sure. So I sh- showed it to the accompanist. They lead me in. There's five people behind the desk, David Mervish in the center. And uh, I go over... I go to the accompanist, and she says, oh, oh, yes, I've played this before. How fast do you take it? So I go to the chorus. Okay, great, whatever. I walk out there, I take a deep breath. I'm facing the back wall. I'm like so theater school. I'm breathing. I did a couple of spinal shakes. I turn around, and I gave her a nod. And she goes, she took it at that tempo I gave her, which was the slow intro. Uh-huh. And I didn't know any better just except to follow. I started following her. <laughs> so I'm saying this wrong. And then she gets to the point where she's supposed to double time and she realizes. And then she looks up at me and she's and I look behind the table and David Mervish is still looking right directly at me, trying to give me some kind of encouragement. And the other four people on either side of him are like, oh, what guys doing this? Looking down at the crowd, hanging their heads. And they said, thank you. <laughs> and they, they, let, they let me finish. I went right down on my knee at the end. And I was like, <laughs> And then he said, thank you. I said, no, thank you. And I went, I shook every single one of their oh, hands. Oh, no, Johnny. <laughs> and, then, and then I left the room. And somebody else went in. And I realized I'd left my music in there. So oh, no. after they came out of their audition, I went back in Bam! to get my music, thanked them again, took my music, and then shook every one of their hands again. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> went out to the payphone outside in the parking lot and called my mom. She said, "Honey, how did it go?" I said, "It's hard to tell." <laughs> 
I didn't get it, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Oh my god. I want to see the movie where that is the audition that Robert Downey Jr. has at the beginning. Of- <laughs> that's insane. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it so much. I got a million more of those if you got time. <laughs> We're going to have to start a whole other podcast just to be able to get into all of the audition stories of Johnny Alul. <laughs> oh, buddy. Well, that, that brings us to the end. the end of our second segment, which means it's time for yet another game. So this game is called Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. It's the game where you, our guest, uh, just give us some opinion uh, uh, answers to questions that I got for you. So you ready oh, yeah, for that? Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So do you define yourself as a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, or a hybrid or dibrid? I'm a sativa diva. Love it. Love Pretty it. Pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, favorite movie featuring cannabis? Aside from Reefer Madness, ah. uh, <laughs> uh, that's a really good question. I, I'll tell you my least favorite movie that features cannabis. Yeah, as I as I come around with my to my favorite, uh, Eyes Wide Shut. The yeah, the scenes where they were smoking. I just I don't know why it just bothered me. It, it's a bummer. It that was, whole movie is, is a fucking bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> the emphasis put on it, I think, in having it in the scene made it so unnatural that that's what it was about. It yeah. still sticks out to me at this point. Um, also a Christmas movie. Weirdly also enough. a Christmas movie. Yeah. Weirdly. Yeah. Weirdly. Very weirdly. Um... Favorite movies that feature cannabis? Yeah, some people have said like Dazed and Confused or Cheech and Chong or Harry well, Potter. Right, it would have to be Cheech, all the, che- the Cheech, Cheech and Chong. Chong. Up in Smoke. Yeah. For sure. Up in smoke. For sure. That song that they do is so incredible. <laughs> I'm going also- downtown, going to see my girl. <laughs> when he says and it's maybe one of my favorite jokes of theirs is when uh when uh uh tommy pukes and he he's cheats his eye out of his mind and turns to the cop and goes oh his name is ralph (laughs) i think that's so good Um, fictional or real person you would most want to smoke with? Oh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges, Fuck Dick yes. Lebowski. 
hundred percent. And interesting, like that, I, I love. I also really loved him in Fisher King. Oh, amen, amen. I love everything about that movie. Yeah. Um, who else, fictional or otherwise? Uh, I'd like to smoke a joint with with Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Ah, oh, yeah, man. I would enjoy that conversation. I bet you that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And I'd I'd like to I'd love to smoke with uh, uh, why is his name not coming to me? Um, Seth Rogen. Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. That, that that's would be probably what I'd like most to do with Seth Seth Rogen. Which is... Yeah, man. Have you seen Have you seen the 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 pieces that house? Uh, Houseplant has been putting out in the states right now. They've got like ashtray sets and uh, like bubblers and uh, gravity bongs that you can buy that all look like like they're from like the seventies and kind of it's it's really cool. If you ever have a chance, go on his Instagram and check out all the stuff that they've been selling. Oh, I, awesome. I didn't even know about this. What's it called? Houseplant. Houseplant. Him and Evan Goldberg's company? weed company. They just pulled out of Canada. I've heard about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They pulled out of Canada. Yeah, they were they were hooked up to uh, uh, like a really big conglomerate that was not making the best products, and they like they're not allowed to use themselves to sell it in Canada. They can in the states in the states that are legal, but. Not in Canada, so they couldn't, like, they had all of these, like, ads that they had made that were, like, educational and funny and cool and featured, like, Seth Rogen as the narrator and whatever, and they couldn't use any of it. So they're using it in the States now in L.A., and it's doing gangbusters for them. But, uh, yeah, they had to pull out of Canada because it sucked. Interesting. Yeah, they got to Canada's got to figure out some way of <laughs> they've they federally legalized it, which is great, but they've also got to be able to figure out how to make it attractive to Canadian entrepreneurs. Tragically, Hip had to pull out. Uh, they had a, a weed that was going that they uh, were doing. The Trailer Park Boys have Trailer Park buds still, but uh, very little involvement in it because they can't really do anything. They can't advertise. Right, so, the advertising is so stringent. So stringent uh, that it and uh, endorsement. You can't use celebrities to endorse it. So, like, people come in and go, "Hey, uh, uh, I heard about this Snoop Dogg weed. Do you have the Snoop Dogg weed?" And we say we have LBS, which stands for Leafs by Snoop, but we can't actually say that to people. So, if they're like, "What does LBS stand for?" We're like, "Leafs by somebody." I don't know. And they're like, but isn't that Snoop Dogg's weed? We have to be like, uh, that's information that's probably Googleable, but I can't provide you with that information. Ridiculous. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Very I just dumb. know from a from a photography perspective, you cannot shoot the product in a in a way that makes it look uh, inviting or attractive. It's almost got to be like a like a, a government like a, a license shot or a passport photo. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. You can light it properly to show the the properties of it, but you can't you can't add a, a beverage in behind it or light it in a certain way that gives it mood or texture. Yeah, uh, because then that crosses over into marketing and influencing. Yeah, and you cannot influence enticement. So, you can't you can't entice people to to come into your store or to buy your product or 
whatever, which is ridiculous. So <laughs> they got to find some way that they can still keep it safe and out of kids' hands and out of, you know, whatever that is, but also be able to recognize that it's an industry that's trying to grow. And there are Canadians who are making really good Canadian weed. And there's big Canadians who are interested in making good, big Canadian weed. And if we allow them to, we're going to have an industry that's going to maybe support us as our live performing arts sector goes fucking belly up right now. Belly up. Exactly. <sighs> so hopefully they figure that out. Oh, uh, Fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke? Oh. I would love to smoke uh, in a cafe in Paris at night. Ooh. Oh, I love that. I would just love to, to, to be a fly on the wall for an hour. Well, not a fly. I'd like to be a tourist at a table <laughs> near the Seine with the Eiffel Tower in view. And oh. people on bicycles and looking sideways at me because I'm a tourist, <laughs> and, and just I would that is something that I would that would be on my bucket list if I had I the, fucking the, love that. The time oh, that's and the so means. good. Um. Uh. Uh. What movie would be improved if only the characters were smoking cannabis? Oh. Can't say any of the Harry Potters. They're all pretty, pretty bang on. <laughs> <laughs> They've already fucking got magic and shit going on. I don't know if they could handle. You give them Ellie Kush cake and <laughs> John Wick. Yeah, John Wick. <laughs> There Man. is to be no business conducted in the continent. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, light them if you've got them. <laughs> I love that. Maybe he'd, like they wouldn't have hurt the dog if they were all just like sharing a joint and being like, "Man, do we really need to do this? Let's just fucking go home, man. I'm hungry. Is there a McDonald's around here?" <laughs> And can you, you yourself are an actor, can you yeah. make the sound of your favorite consumption method? Oh, yep. Here goes. Oh, <laughs> 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 it was a joint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's incredible. Stick around, people, because when we come back, we're going to be puffing or passing on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang right here on Let's Bogart with Johnny Alul. Stick around. Thanks for listening, buds. I just want to interrupt for one more time just to tell you about a contest that is ending soon. That is the PAX Era Pro giveaway that we are doing over at Let's Bogart on Instagram. All you got to do is follow at Let's Bogart, at JJ and his dog, JJ Thompson, who does all the music for the show, and at Daniel Williston. That's me on Instagram. Like the post tag a friend and you yourself could win one of these PAX Aero Pro. Now, what is a PAX Aero Pro, you might ask? 
let me tell you, it's a vaporizer battery, one of the greatest ones on the market. The PAX 3 just won best vaporizer of the year uh, in something. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, but the PAX Air Pro is incredible. You can get these PAX cartridges that are made by different LPs across Canada. Uh, they all magnetically slide into uh, the battery. Easy peasy. The One of the coolest things is the technology. You can hook it up to an app so that you can change the temperature within a degree. Even if you don't have the app though, you can just shake it. You just shake it and it tells you what kind of battery life is left in it. You can, it's it's incredible that we, we got to do some PAX pods here on the podcast. Uh, we got to do the Havana and uh, uh, the Lemonberry Haze Live Rosin Pax Pod, and we also did the Master Kush Pax Pod from Highway. Both are excellent, uh, uh, really great stuff. New LPs releasing new stuff. The Live Rosin Pax Pods are so exciting. Get yourself one of these. This retails for about ninety nine bucks. You're gonna get it for free if you go to. At Let's Bogart on Instagram right now and enter. We're going to be doing a draw in the new year on January second, and we're going to tell everybody uh, we're gonna we're gonna send it to someone. So if you want that to be you, just head on over to at Let's Bogart or at Daniel Williston. Find the post, click it, tag a friend, follow the things, and you could get yourself a free pax era pro thanks for listening to the tune and or the tune thanks for listening to the show and now back to the conversation oh buddy this is the final segment of the show so this is the time that we get together and think about uh you know it's the holidays and we 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 think back on our experience with kiss kiss bang bang and we decide do we puff or pass so do you puff or pass on I, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I puff puff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, enjoy it, and uh, I recommend it. And as I said, I think it's one worth 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 the second viewing for sure. Yeah, I think so too. I think there's a lot of lot of beats that you you, you get uh, re enjoyment out of by going back on and seeing deliveries and, and the writing is just so much fun. It just feels like exactly. a movie. It feels like a movie by somebody who loves movies, which is really fun. Exactly. There were so many points where I was like, what? what? <laughs> like, I just did not see this comment. Like, yeah. And is no, no, this is now a plot point. Like, yeah. Like the finger, like the whole the like, finger the whole, is so funny. Just, there's nothing leading up to that to warn you. <laughs> the dog getting it to and trying to beg the dog to come back no it's that the, the dog's dog. got my finger and he's like the they're not gonna me. dust the dog oh. <laughs> I don't hate my and finger. then the dog eats it and then he comes and gives and then he starts crying and the dog comes up and he's like hey man I'm sorry he's like, <laughs> put this, comes and comforts him I fucking love that Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love that a lot. Yeah, I, I puff on it as well. I think it's a I think it's a real fun Christmas watch. I'm always interested in like if you're gonna be watching a bunch of Christmas movies, like what are the ones that you can like suggest that are a little off kilter? And I think this really belongs in that. We've been doing alt holidays classics uh all all month we did like batman returns and die hard and gremlins and i think that this really belongs as a 
a movie to suggest for the whole family that uh, is very off the beaten path. Doesn't feel like yeah. White Christmas or It's a Wonderful Life or anything. Exactly. Wait a minute. White Christmas would be way better if all the characters were smoking. Candy. I agree, man. If if in fact fucking... anything Bing Crosby's in would be better. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> chill out, dude. Although you can't have him chill out too much more, because when he's singing, he's the most chill person in the entire. He'll be asleep. Uh, when I'm needed, I can see you. Bing, what? Bing, you've fallen asleep. Well, I'm just gonna sing pa rumpa pum pum. But if the kid wants to make a desk hand, I'll be in the. I'll be out in the pacer. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. All right, buddy. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show. This was such a fun time with you. Oh, Uh, dude, thank you for having me on. This has been an honor. Thanks, buddy. Where can people find you and what should they be paying attention to online? Oh, thank you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Jonathan Oluo Photography and on Instagram at jephoto.ca. And uh, that's pretty much where to find me. I'm not really involved in Twitter very much, but I am very active on Instagram. Sweet. Oh, man. You got to go see his his headshots. If you're an actor in Toronto, you need headshots. You got to see the stuff that he's doing because it's really cool and really dramatic. And I, I think really uh, great, but also different than what everyone else is doing. It's it's really cool. You should go check it out. Well, thank you so much, man. I work really hard at that, uh, specifically to uh, be not quite the same as what everybody else is doing, but have giving everybody who shoots with me a reason that people want to look at that photograph. Yeah, man. Oh, it's so good. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. My pleasure, buddy. It's absolutely my pleasure. And I'll be seeing you soon. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, buds, that's it. That's the end of season two. It's the end of our alt holidays. Oh, it feels glorious to be at the end. Not because I, I don't like doing it, but because... Uh, if I get to now look back at uh, how far we've come. We started this pro- uh, podcast about a year ago, and we're still going strong. So it feels good to be here. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode and many other episodes. If you have, um, uh, please follow at uh, J.E. Photo on instagram you can follow my buddy johnny alul there he is excellent i'm so happy that he came on the show uh you can follow me at daniel willison you can follow the music guy on the podcast jj thompson at jj and his dog on instagram you can follow let's bogart at all the socials uh we're heading looks like uh the omicron is really taking over so we're we're going on a hiatus we're, we're hunkering down a little bit i hope you're all staying safe please wear a mask please get your booster all your vaccine stuff and uh uh thank you for listening <laughs> uh tune in sometime because bogard will ride once again you know, there's always a surprise in the movie, but like the thing with closing the door, I, I didn't see that coming. And then what a piece of the movie it, it wound up being. It created conflict for everything. <laughs>